Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Come on, side, side, side. Hey y'all, it's your one and only friend, Ed Lover, and this is Come On Son, the podcast brought to you by Cigars International. Go to cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs, cigarsinternational.com, and when you check out, make sure you put in Ed 10 off. That's E-D-1-0-O-F-F for 10% off your entire purchase. And locally here in Atlanta, where I do my podcasting from, by Nissan South of Morrow, 6889 Jonesboro Road. Okay, 6889 Jonesboro Road. New, new cars, the new 2018s are in, used cars, everything. Certified, pre-owned. All of that. Y'all do know there's a difference between a used car and a certified pre-owned, right? Okay. And if you need any car, you just really go to them. And uh, if they don't have it, they'll get it for you. Please believe that. Big shout out to Chris White and the whole crew over there. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about exponential living in 2018 with an NAACP Image Award nominee for 2018, Sherry Riley. Sherry Riley is a wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. She's widely known for being a former record label executive at LaFace Records, now turned life strategist and empowerment speaker. Uh, she grew up in Kentucky, Richmond, Kentucky to be exact. She told everybody that one day she'd work at a record label and live in Atlanta. Nobody believed her. But through her hard work, persistence, and prayer, she became the senior director of marketing at LaFace Records, introducing the world to some of the most influential artists of the 90s, including TLC, Tony Braxton, and Usher. All right? She was living her dream, and then she gave it all up. And today we're going to find out why she gave it up, what exponential living. I'm telling y'all I'm going to have a problem with that word exponential or all podcasts, so get ready for it and get used to it, all right? Exponential living, a guide to making the most out of your whole life and not just your work life. We'll go through her nine principles of exponential living. Um, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, she's a, a founding partner of John Maxwell's global coaching, speaking and teaching team and serve on John's Maxwell's president's advisory council. So we definitely have a lot to talk to Miss Sherry Riley about. So if y'all would relax and get ready to do some exponential living, I'm going to keep saying it exponential exponential living in 2018 it is a brand new year let's talk to miss sherry riley right here on come on side the podcast big shout out once again and rest in peace goes to my man combat jack and i'm gonna say that 
every single podcast. He's the reason I'm podcasting right now, and I wouldn't be if it wasn't for my man Combat Jack. Rest in peace to you, Mr. Reggie Osei, Combat Jack. Let's keep that man's um, memory and history and everything that he's gave to this culture of hip-hop and to podcasting alive, Mr. Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack. All right? That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. <laughs> Sherry Riley is now in the studio. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you? Good to see you. We are we are exchanging pleasantries right now. Yes, we're bringing the right heat. Now, the, yeah, and it is crazy hot in here, right? And it's so cold outside. Welcome. Hello. And how thank you, doing? you. And congratulations on your NAACP Image Award nomination. Thank you. And what category are you nominated? It is the Outstanding Literary Work Instructional. That is great. Thank you. That's absolutely fantastic. And you find out when you find out if you want. Saturday, no, Sunday, Ju- uh, January 14th. Okay. So they announce my category at the pre-dinner. Okay. And then the live broadcast is the right. more the, the movies, TV mm-hmm. category. Are there other uh, Image Awards that we don't know about? Because I always felt like the Image Awards, like I'm a little salty about the Image Awards a lot of times because I feel like they don't touch grassroots. There's a lot of categories that I'm just now finding out about as a nominee Mm because I'm seeing all the information. Okay. So there's like five categories for literary. There's, you know, the ones we know, but then there's more. um, The music categories are not televised. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's several like new artists, R&B, Song of the Year. Those are not televised. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I mean, I don't think they have to be, but I think if you're doing an NAACB Image Award... I've always felt like the Image Awards need to give radio personalities. Oh, that would be an award because wonderful. we're they are the ones who talk directly to the people. Yeah, you're the voice. And with the voice of the community. Yeah. And a lot of times these people have great images. Like I give you a classic example. Uh the foundation that uh the foundation that Steve Harvey has that mentors mm-hmm. young black men. Um Ricky Smiley has a great foundation. I have a foundation for a uh, single mothers. Um Tom Joyner has a great foundation, yes. raises a lot of money for historically black colleges and universities. And I think you serve the people a little bit more. I mean, I understand the business part of it, Sherry. I understand you worked at LaFace. Yes. You understand you got to put eyes on mm-hmm. the awards. So you got to sell ads, right. commercials, and therefore you got to put people like people know. Mm-hmm. And people go, oh, Anthony Anderson, I want to watch that. I want to see if Denzel is going to be there. We get that. Right. But you also have an opportunity to teach and show another side of things by taking somebody who speaks to everybody every day, teacher of the year, professor of the year. Well, I love that. This kind that. of stuff I would love to see. And I love that because just like my category is non-televised, right. there's still a space and place for those who are making direct impact in the community yes. because that's the roots of the NAACP. So Hello. I think that is I think that's I would great love insight. to see it. It's, yes. just, it's, it's been bothering me for years, you know, that they <laughs> – there's people out here that's talking to people and making a difference in people's lives every day, and you patting somebody on the back for being good in a movie role. Like, okay, they were acting fine. It's just a job. Yeah, they were probably super excellent in it, but what about this person that impacts somebody's life every single day? What about that guy who takes his money out of his own pocket? The, the guy that started walking around and giving shoes to the homeless, and then he yes. started raising... I want to see him. That's an example to my kid. All right, Anthony Anderson, I love you. Mm-hmm. Love you. Come up, bro. I've known you for 20 years. But this guy, to me, when we talk about having a positive impact 
or in our communities, this is the kind of positive impact I want to show just as much as I want to show. The balance. Right. Yeah. You know, Tracy Ross. I love Tracy. Right. And I'm happy for her success. And Leslie Jones is friends of mine, all of these people. But I love them. I want to see them get their awards, but I also want to see grassroots people get the same amount of shine is what I'm saying. Yes. Now tell me what is exponential. I've been, I told them I'm going to have a problem with practicing it. Right. Yes. Exponential living. What is that? What is that all about? And how can I start exponentially living? Oh my God. My life right. That is that the million dollar question. Yeah, because I'm going through a transition, (laughs) a transitional period right now, Sherry. So maybe you can do something today to not only help my listeners, but to help me. Mm-hmm. You know, after two years of being here in Atlanta, working with Radio One and doing a classic hip hop show, they decided to switch formats. Yeah. So I'm unemployed right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But thank in God. I'm, yeah, I'm transitioning. That's it. And for me, Sherry, I'm tired of being put in a box. Yes. I am so, I don't know how to get out of this box. And it drives me absolutely bonkers that because hip hop was the catalyst for people to know me. And mm-hmm. I love it, but it's not all that I am. Oh, okay. You are the reason I wrote this book. Literally, everything you just said is why I wrote this book. You, One of the key things, I, exponential living, I'll start with that. Exponential living is a lifestyle of pursuing peace, choosing clarity, and living courageously. Peace, clarity, and courage. Where that came out of is when I was at LaFace Records. And I had this amazing job. I loved what I did. I was working with hey, senior marketing. Like uh, it was everything. Usher, Tony Braxton, TLC, Donnell Jones, yeah. Outkast. Yeah. I'm working with people like Shanti Das, my sister, my sister, your sister love her. Yes. Billy Woodruff, who right. made an impact. L.A. Reid, Kenny Babyface, Edmonds. I mean, it was everything, and I was miserable. I was miserable. You had to be getting paid. And I was getting paid. I bought my mother a home by the age of 27. Wow. Like, I was making What was making you miserable? Everything that you have talked about, I've been listening to your podcast, and it's... It was this industry that allows you to create this great success, and they put you in a box and say that's all you can be. Oh my God! Right? If I, I mean, could break out of this box, I'd be so. Oh angry. my God! They, if you, and at that time, if you was an African American female, you could not be a great executive and be married and have children. Oh, absolutely not! You, if you were a black man, you had to carry yourself a certain way. Yeah, oh God forbid that you a like ass kissing right. over here. Uh, oh. And so that's where the whole idea of stop spending a hundred percent of your time on 10 percent of who you are that's where that was birthed because I was you want to know why I was miserable because Mm -hmm. I was living only 10 percent of who I was the other 90 percent of me I never even got to explore it was like well no you can't do that over there because you need to stay in this little Mm -hmm. box of this 10 Mm percent and so when I resigned from LaFace I went on this journey of how do I even live that other hundred percent and I literally was answering that question for myself but then people like Shanti started calling me like, okay, girl, look, I'm in, you know, I'm in New York. I'm making great money. I've got everything I want, and I'm miserable. And something you're doing yeah, is working. Yeah, I remember Shanti telling me that. Yeah, and something you're doing, it's working. And so I just started sharing what I was doing, and they started seeing the difference. And Rashawn Ali, you know, she was mm-hmm. another one, Terry Vaughn. And I realized, wow, this isn't just for me. And then what really happened was um, a good friend of ours, Shakir. You know, when, when Shakir... Oh, shout out. Oh, uh, rest in peace to Shake. Shake, oh. yeah. 
when when that happened, mm. that's when I knew I could no longer not share what I knew was a truth. That really is six degrees of separation. Oh, it's really that, that's maybe that was, even less than that. Oh, it's right? like three now. Yeah, yeah. Because Shakir was my guy. Oh, oh my God, he was. And here, look at he had everything we quote unquote believe we're supposed to and have. And Chris Lighty. And Chris Lighty. And Chris. Chris boom, Lighty boom. was my next door neighbor. Yeah. I recently found. The invitation that Chris and I created for his son Christian and my daughter mm. Summer's first birthday party that we had together in our cul-de-sac. Wow. My next door, I could not believe it. Chris and Shakir, you thought. Oh, my God. Like, they were happy. When I, when I found out about Chris, I literally called Blue, my brother. Yes, right? Blue Williams. I absolutely. called. He was on an airplane. Because I knew I had to be the first voice he talked to when he landed mm -hmm. because of this journey that I had been on. And he knew I was on because we're so close. Right. And he, th they, they had the picture of everything. But those of us who knew that, no, you can be miserable because money and fame and access will never buy you peace. And we are working so hard to get this freedom, financial freedom, fame, Love of a fame, relationship. Fame, they can keep it. I want some financial. Oh my God! Or they can the, keep or the that, fame. Or the, or I've the been famous for a long time. <laughs> yeah, they can you know, have it. Gerald Levert used to say that all the time. Yeah, they like, can have it. They take can the have fame. It. Give me the fortune. Yeah, just give me the fortune. They can have the fame. And so you get these things and realize they don't make you happy, and they definitely don't give. They kind of make you a little bit more miserable more than you miserable. were before. And guess, look at this. Look at someone who has everything they've ever wanted, and they're miserable. What do you do with that? Mm. And that's unfortunately what many people get to then, that point. Then Russell Simmons field. once say, uh, "Show me a room full of, show me ten million, ten millionaires in a room, and I'll show you non miserable motherfuckers." Not exactly. Yeah. And because what we really desire is when, and what I define as peace, peace of mind, peace to be able to make decisions, clarity, so that when we get to what I call the four pain points, which you're in one right now, which is an unforced transition like how do i live yeah that's that's number four how do i live it's a forced or unforced transition when we get to one of those pain points what do we do with that when we get to that point that like i was at LaFace, i had everything i ever wanted but i'm like okay now what <laughs> right like this is only one of my dreams or you get to that point where you have what you want god must have but just there's put you more. in front of me today <laughs> <laughs> but you want more like you can be senior VP or you can be the talent or you can be the executive producer and want more. You may want to do other things. Yeah. That means, OK. Yeah. What? Like now what? Yeah. And I, so, I suddenly now understand from the position that I'm in right now. I really understand why when Latifah started making it as an actress, she never made another hip-hop record. Mm -hmm. I understand now why Will Smith never made another hip-hop record, because he had to break away from hip-hop yes. in order to be taken seriously and respected. I had to literally spend three years away from the entertainment industry for people now to accept me as an author, a speaker, and a life strategist. Wow. So the, what I had to do March 2012, I had to stop going everywhere. I had to stop doing everything, and I had to stop talking to everybody. Because if I didn't create that gap, people would have been just looking at me like, oh, now she's doing that. That's her hustle. No, 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 no. It's not my hustle. This is what I was called to do. The same way I was called to do marketing for Usher, the same that. way I hear I'm called that to do this. all the time. Like, <laughs> my wife sends me these Bible quotes all the time, and it's Bible verses and finding your life and finding your purpose. How do you know what that is? I'm yeah. starting to think my purpose is to entertain. 
Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not one of, I have, I'm actually on a deep search for that whole thing purpose because here's somebody who I literally have always wanted to be a wife and mother. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to build and break multi-international artists. Like that was my, I wanted to do that. I wanted to write the books. And so which one of those is my purpose? Right? Yeah. So I, I just refuse to say there's one purpose. What I believe is when you find and live in your peace, then you are present in everything you do. So I'm present with you right now. I'm going to be present when I pick up my husband. Right. I'm going to be present when I'm hanging with my daughter. I'm going to be present. So my thing is, let's not so much focus on the purpose. Let's focus on what do we want to do that allows us to be present and in our full power. And that's where we seek the clarity. Okay, when you say present, what do you mean by it? I that? mean, if I ask you, so what do you want to do? What do you want to do, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Most of the time people are like, girl, I don't know. I never let my client say I don't know. Because the reality is you do know. Now, you may not be ready to accept it. You may not be ready to make the changes. You may be afraid of it. You may not be ready to spend the time and the money to do it. But deep inside of us, we know. So when I say be present, I mean live in that place of peace, clarity, and courage mm-hmm. where you can honestly say this is what I want, period. Right. And then focus in on that. Now, I want to be married. I want to have my family. And I want to have a successful career. So being present means I'm focused on my career. And when I'm in that moment of working, I'm all the way there. And when you're in the moment with your family, you're I'm all, all the, the way, way there. there. And when you're in the moment with your children. I'm all the way. You see my phone's not on the, right? Most yeah. people have their phone right here, don't they? Yeah. I don't have it there because I'm present with you. Oh, my God. The same way you said, oh, I know God brought I you can, here. I can I- put my, my phone down and it just drives me. Cr- this phone stuff. Oh, it's addictive. Literally drives me crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm literally now getting into arguments with my wife because she wakes up and I roll over and she's on the iPad or the phone. And she's, and I'm like. What are you doing? Like, why is this so important there's, to you? There's a there's a uh, study that just came out. It says sixty five percent of people check their phones during sex. Are you kidding me? Oh my! Are you kidding me? <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. It is not that important. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like we can't have a quiet moment. Right. Without and being on it. the phone. Yeah. So you're in the moment on that, but you're not in the moment with the people that you're around. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing that keeps us on this 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 hamster wheel. Okay. Right? That we just keep going and going and going. And when we finally go, if I ask you what do you want, when you finally answer that question and disconnect from the outcome, like what do you want? And we always know it's under there. It's mm-hmm. just having the courage to say it. But once we say it, there's such a relief that we can go, okay, now you can make a decision. Because what happens is if you never say what you really want, you never have to make a decision. Mm. So people ask me all the time, okay, Sherry, all this is great, but where do I start? Right? Just where? Do, just give me that. Where? Do, make a decision. As simple as that. I say it all the time. This stuff is hard, but it's simple. Make a decision. When you make the, mis- the decision, move in it. If it ain't what you want, course correct. If it is what you want, rinse and repeat. But so many of us never give ourselves a chance because we don't make a decision. So I would encourage you, you know what, you you in the box because they put you in the box, but you're only in the box because you allow yourself to I stay. I allow myself to stay in the box. So what do you want? 
I have to fight one my of the way things out of the box. What, and one of the things you want is you don't want people to control your future anymore. No, no, oh, right? no, no, no. You, you want to no, control no. your future. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my so, God. Sherry, if it was just you and I in this room, I'd probably start crying right now. That's Seriously. what you want. Yeah. Now, I'm, how that manifests. I am tired yes. of busting my ass yep. for somebody else just to say, we, I don't want to do this anymore. Exactly. And then I'm out on the wire by myself. Yep. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So that's really but what you I'm want. But when I'm there, you want 100% of my energy and my time, mm-hmm. but you're not giving me 100% of who you are. Right. And it, it hurts me deeply. And this is, the, this is the second time it happens, and it has me at this point right now second-guessing myself. Should I have even came to Atlanta? Should I have stayed my ass in New York where I was comfortable at SiriusXM? But I took a leap of faith. And, and here's the thing. It's not about questioning the past decision. It's just about owning your truth right now. And your truth is, I don't want anyone else to control. I really don't. Now, now I don't that, and when you make that decision, now you'll start to move with that reality. Because the box is not someone else's opinion of you. The box is someone else controls you and your content. Now, how do how do I put myself in a position where that doesn't happen? Yeah. Right? That's the that's the million dollar question. And that's what that's where you can now start. Because now the options open up because now you're not saying, I don't know. And you've hit to the heart of it. It ain't the next job or the next this. That's not the heart of it. The heart of it is I want to have control of my future. Yeah. Now you can move forward and make the decisions that help yeah, you. Yeah, I'm tired of people not getting it. I'm t- I, yeah. I gotta Somehow, some way, figure out how to make this happen for myself. And I'm, how I'm, do you reinvent who and what you are? Right. To that next level of evolution. Mm-hmm. It's on the outside of your comfort zone. Oh, I know that. And that's why I've this, never been. I've never been happy in a comfort zone. And that's why moving to Atlanta, you can't question it because this is what this is where you are right now, and everything works for your good. So here you are right now. Two years ago, ain't relevant. Right. To where you are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So and that that's the starting point. Mm. That's the starting point. And and I, I listen to It's a scary starting point to be at oh, because yeah. you Especially got at our age, right? Yeah, you got we grown. Yeah, yeah, I'm grown. I got a family. I got kids in college. I got bills I have to pay. Mm-hmm. You know, them things come every month. They're not gonna wait for you to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Went, been on that journey. Had to, I've had to make major life adjustments mm. to get to the place where I am 100% whole. Love where I am. Now, have I had to make, my husband and I have, we committed to, our investment was in our children's education. Mm-hmm. So we sold our home. Right. And transitioned so that the priority was their education. Two kids in private school. One of them has graduated. The other still in private school. We made those adjustments. We've made other adjustments as a couple, as a family, because we made what was important, important. And what I realized is people's opinion was no longer important. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because you know the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I've been on that for a long time. Like, I I don't do a lot of industry things because I I don't, sometimes, I don't mingle well with bullshit. Yes. Like, it is what it is to me. Like, there's a couple of people in the industry right now I like to slap the shit out of (laughs) because I'm a straight guy. Yep. If I can do it, yeah. If I can't, nah. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? But don't string me along, and then when you see me, it's, hey, hey. Uh, I heard you uh, say you want to slap the hand. Then I'll slap the <laughs> shit out of him. Like, literally slap him in the mouth. But I'm a different guy right now, so I'm not trying to do that. I'm trying to live a better life. You know? So it's that's a that's a tough thing to do. So th- And that's why I came up with these nine principles. Okay, let's talk about them. Because our story, I realized, I thought I was an anomaly, but I realized I was more the norm than I was an anomaly. Yeah. There were so many of us struggling. There's a lot of us. There's like a lo- but nobody was either stupid enough as I was or bold <laughs> enough to come out and talk about it. Because, uh-huh. I mean, literally for seven years, I was looked at as really different and, and interesting. And, you know, Sherry's over there doing that thing. Um, but now it's what everybody's seeking. Yeah, Sherry, Sherry walked away from the circle. Yeah. and But these nine principles really speak to what it takes. What it, live in your power is the first one, making a decision. Healthy living is more than just a diet. It's about our relationships, our relationships with ourselves, our relationships with others. Pursue peace and a positive mind is about our attitude. It is so hard sometimes to keep a positive mind, it, though, Sherry. It is very hard. It is a daily I'm decision. A, and I know it is a daily people decision. Say, like the other day, I was just in bed and my wife was like, What's wrong with you? And I'm like, I just, I don't want to talk. And my mind starts going like, Jesus Christ, this last check is coming and then I'm not working right now. Where's this? How am I going to pay this? And how am I going to pay that? And mm-hmm. I got this, you know, I got an ex wife, so I have child support. And how the hell am I going to pay that? And, and it comes down on you and it just drags you down. And she says, you got to think positive. You got to stay positive. My manager, you got to be positive. And you got, it's hard to be positive sometimes. And I want to be, yes. and I know I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. I got a roof over my head. I mean, people, big shout out to Nissan and, and Chris Whitenham. You know, I'm not even at the station. The dude hasn't even asked me for the car back yet that he's mm-hmm. given to me. He's like, I'm riding with you. So, I know I'm super blessed, but sometimes, oh, my God, I just want to curl up well, in well, the have corner you, sometimes. So the transition just happened. Have you grieved? Because grieving isn't about death, per se. I'm not grieving about. No, let me, no, hear me out. Is what, what, I'm, what am I grieving yeah, about? Let I don't me, even know. I, here, and here, that's why I'm going to tell you this. Because so many of us, especially us high achievers, right, we just equate grieving when somebody dies. You right. Grieve. No. Grieving is the loss of anything. So there's a loss of something that mattered to you. You moved your family here for this. Right. This, these were people you trusted, right? Absolutely. And it, it's gone. There's a process of grieving that just means reckon, going through the anger, going through the, okay, now what am so I going to do? Right now. I, don't know I know. If you, if you went and really Googled the four me. steps of grieving or what the six, you're in those because okay. there's a loss. It's not just death, it's a loss. Right. And, and and allowing yourself to go through that because you're trying to trick yourself into being positive when you're grieving. So it's not about tricking yourself into being positive, it's about being honest with where you are. Mm. The positivity comes from the honesty. So when you're honest, you know what, I'm grieving. I, I'm trusting. Um, on more than one front, like I'm, yes. I'm, I'm grieving for the loss. Yep. Of you know of an opportunity that I thought could really really become something. I'm also grieving because my friends are dying. Yes, and they're my age. Yes, and younger. Yes, I lost Edward. I lost. That one Reg- hurt me. I, I lost Combat Jack. Like yeah. he's the reason I'm here, Sherry. This is the reason why I have a podcast. Yeah, like we just my manager and I just discussed a major deal with with a major company 
to pick up my podcast and monetize it. Mm -hmm. And I can't do. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do something for the person that put me here. Yeah. And this right here, that's honest. So it's not about tricking yourself into being positive. It's about being honest with yourself. Sherry, get out of my studio. You got me all up in my damn feelings. <laughs> <laughs> we coming on the other side of this. This is exponential living because this is where on the other side is where you're then able to be positive because then it's honest. When you ask me what is being present, yeah. being present is being honest in where you are and just and allowing yourself to be. This shit is scary there. as hell, man. Yes. I mean, because, you know, scary. We, we, we in that same age gap. Yeah. And, and we, we, it's got, scary. we got friends. Friends. Yeah. Like my manager, she, I've been tweeting lately. She hates my tweets. I'm like, <laughs> day four of being unemployed, and then I'll put down what I did. Day five today, and I put that. But I'm, I'm, I need to talk it out. I need, yeah. to be, I need to be honest. Yes. I need to say, hey, world, look. Look, I could run around front like, hey, Ed, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not good. Right. I'm not. I'm scared. Yes. That, yes. That's what it boils down to. I'm frightened. Yes. Yes. That's it. Because I'm so used to taking care of everything yep. and everybody. Like, I'm the one my mom comes to when she needs something. Mm-hmm. I'm the one, you know, I'm the one that takes care of the family. I'm the one that takes care of the kids. I'm the one that when my kids and my ex-wife, Dad, I need some money. All right. Boom. Into your account. I'm, right. I'm that person. And I wouldn't know what to do if I couldn't be that person anymore. Right. And that's the starting point. Now, what do you do moving forward? Right. Because remember, now the anchor is, what do I do moving forward where I am not controlled? Yeah. I control yeah. Yeah. my content. Yeah. One of my friends is, is uh, L. Suggs is an attorney. And the first time, well, actually, the first time I met him was at Tyrese's house. And then the second time that I met him, uh, we talked about something. And he was like, um... You got to get to the point where you can pick off your own money tree. Yeah. And I was like, I, because we were talking about, we were talking about doing something. He's actually one of the guys that, that helped uh, Bentley, Bentley Kyle Evans to create his own studio that he has now and do his own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, they were really close friends. And he was like, you have to get to that point, Ed, where you can pick off your own money tree, where you're controlling your money. You're controlling your destiny. You're not looking to somebody else to say yay or nay to whether or not you work. Yep. And that's, I mean, you've started that with this podcast. Right. And I'm and I'm really at a point, like right now, where I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I can't I can't do this shit anymore. Like, I need this, but I really don't want to do it. And I was telling people, everybody that's been around me lately, I've been telling them I'm transitioning out of, I love this, I love the broadcasting, but I don't like broadcasting for a company anymore. Yep. I'm, I, I need to transition out of there where, okay, this is me. I can still do this. I can still talk to people. I can still reach people. But you know what? Fuck your fucking job. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. your job. I'll go get my own benefits package. I'll buy my own medical because I don't want you walking in there one day going, you know what? Format ain't working. Yeah. Let's do something else. And then you're putting some bullshit in mm-hmm. just to satisfy your own soul. I can't. I can't go through that again. Yep. I did it before with Power 105. I put that shit on my back for eight years when they first flipped that switch. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, and I know what it was, and anybody that wants to debate me can feel free to call me and we can debate it. I know what it was. It's the black man's making too much fucking money around here. No knock on no knock on, on the breakfast club. No knock on them. But when y'all first got, I don't know what y'all making now, 
But when y'all first got there, collectively, you were not making what I was making every year. And I had a guaranteed contract. Collectively, I happen to have insight, and I know what Charlemagne was paid, what Envy was paid, and what Angelique was paid. And together, y'all weren't making what I made my by myself. But it's okay. You say, I want to go young. We were going younger. First of all, I could have sued you for fucking age discrimination. age discrimination. But I didn't, all right? And then you have Elvis Duran on Z100 talking to 12-plus audience who's older than me. Mm-hmm. But he keeps to keep his job. Mm-hmm. And I lose mine. Why? That's what they used to do in the music industry, too, right. at labels. Right. Yeah. Why? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. But then when I sat down and thought about it, I was like, is this is this based on race or is this based on money? It's based on money. Yeah. Times were getting tight. They needed to tighten up. We get, but why you don't get rid of Elvis's money? Mm-hmm. But it's only my money. You understand what I'm saying? So totally. that's, that's the kind of stuff that this, this industry can eat you the fuck alive yes. man, and drive you crazy. And that's how you end up having everything you've ever wanted financially and be miserable. Right. <laughs> like, like Chris Lighty and, and yes. Shakir. Yes. And, that, and, and But here's what I have discovered is, and, and, and I go back to it because it works. These principles, they work. Like I didn't, I didn't want something where I went and did research, mm-hmm. and I sit here in front of you and say, like, "Well, I talked to two hundred people." <laughs> that I could not do that, right? Because I knew the people that I was called to serve. We were in the trenches. We needed real life, and so for ten years, I worked with the people that you know, two, three degrees of separation, right? Coaching them, training them with these principles, and that's why this book is filled with the Will Packers and filled with the Ushers and the Shanti Dosses, and you know because. Because they lived this journey of how these principles really helped them stay. Because my thing is, we don't we don't have to leave what is making us money. What we have to do is live with what's making us money. And so many of us are dying from what's making us money. Yeah, please explain how do we live with what's how making do, us money? We the peace, the clarity, and the courage. We have to be honest. We have to live out the what it stop working and start maximizing. I'm mm. gonna tell you a story. Okay. When I was at LaFace, LA Reed came by my office and I had my head down and I was working and you know, and he had stood in front of my door for probably about 30, 60 seconds. I didn't even recognize that he was there. Mm-hmm. And when I finally looked up, you know, he just had this look and he said, You know, Sherry, like you are responsible for marketing my artists and literally helping me make millions. Like selling millions of albums he said you are a marketing genius but here's the problem you're gonna miss out on so many opportunities because your head is always down working and he walked away Mm. now i didn't get it like aren't you paying me to work yeah right so you want me to work okay so nice drinking 40 right I, I, i didn't get it it took 10 years before i understood what he was saying and what he was saying was, is that because my head was always down, I was missing all the opportunities that were all around me. You hear what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So I was so focused on working that I never maximized. I never honestly looked at how the power of maximizing was more important than just being busy. There's a difference between busy and productive. Um. And so I, it took 10 years for me to realize 
that when I had finally I resigned from the face, I had my own company glue, and I'm really doing what I loved, but I wasn't working anymore. I was just maximizing opportunities. I was looking at, okay, I want to get this NAACP Image Award. I wanted to get from this book to that. Well, I had to keep my head up and really look at the opportunities. Where you are right now, have you stopped just take this moment Instead of looking at it as a negative transition, look at it as this is the transition that's put me in a position to look at my opportunities of a decade on decade. We've been talking to Kimana and We have not talked at all, have we, sis? We've been talking to Kimana. That's the same shit she say to me all the time. Because that's it. Because here's the thing. How can you honestly say you're maximizing the decades upon decades of relationships and access oh, and you know, information. No, here, here, and information and experience until you take a minute and stop and just look at it. And here's what happens with those relationships. The I'm people, too close to the elephant to see the whole elephant, huh? You got to back up. And the people that I poured in the most that I thought was going to be the most helpful are the ones that hurt me the most. Oh, and that always the way? It, it, oh, it killed me. But here's what happened. The ones that came from nowhere, because when I stepped back, I was able to see the whole picture and not just the pieces that I had positioned myself next to. Mm. Did you hear that? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so that's what stop working, stop maximizing is when we really take, and sometimes it's a four stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and sometimes it's just that figurative of, man, just, just put your head up. Just lift your head up and just take a minute to get steel. And then in that, you can accept your new norm. See, the hustle you had, Two decades ago is not the hustle you're supposed to have right now. Right. But how many of your friends, you know, they, you know, 24 years in this thing and they still hustling the same way. Mm. Right? Yeah. Fussing because they ain't got no new results. Yeah. Well, you're at a point now where you should be able to sit back and look at everything that you've done since I've seen you on TV back when I was first getting in the game. <laughs> right? What does all of that mean? Well, you're so in it right now. So I think this opportunity is a moment that's been forced upon you so you can step back and God, don't make receive no mistakes, more huh? and work less. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> receive more and Hell work yeah. less. You know, you know with that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. You say happy is a choice and joy is a lifestyle. What yes. Do you, what do you mean by that? Happy is a, that's principle six. Happy is a choice, joy is a lifestyle. And that goes down to celebrating and gratitude so many times we are high achievers and we're goal-oriented and we just go 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 but we never take a moment to just acknowledge what we've accomplished mm. and so it just keeps you know you just keep going you keep going well not some people you know there's a lot of these experts say write down a goal and make sure you achieve the goal every single day you have to achieve a goal and take a step and forward every single day it. but we never celebrate it and so happy is a choice, meaning every morning you get to wake up and decide how your what your perspective is going to be on everything that happens throughout that day. Mm -hmm. Joy. Now, joy is a lifestyle. Joy means that whether I'm up or down, I'm still totally fulfilled inside. Joy is whether this bad thing happens or this good things happen. I never get too high. I never get too low because I have the joy that is my fuel. So happy is a choice is about what we celebrate. Joy is a lifestyle is about gratitude. Like you can't be miserable and filled with gratitude at the same time. No, you, you certainly can't. It don't can. work. No. When you choose gratitude, it allows you to see the good in everything. It don't change the reality of the bad. 
So what I tell people all the time is there's a difference between your truth and your reality, right? Mm -hmm. Your reality is you just got transitioned out of a career that you love, a job that you loved, right? Yeah. But your truth is... I don't know if I loved it that much. Well, you, it, it paid the bills. Let's <laughs> it say did, that, it right? Did. That you last enjoyed was, it. That last year was hard you as shit. You enjoyed it. I was gung-ho at the beginning, but once I, we started figuring out they weren't going to do shit to help us, <laughs> it was like... It, the, your reality was you enjoyed it, they, right? Your my truth, team yeah. made me enjoy it. There you go. But your They truth, were the reason. They were. We laughed so much and had so much fun together. Yeah. They were a reason enough for me to get up and come in every day. But your truth is... You're still that master on the mic. You are still that businessman that got you here. You're still that father that provides. You're still that man that has a great team. So the reality is this thing is gone. But the truth is I'm still all the things that made that my reality. Mm. And so what happens is we we allow the reality of a situation to make us think that's our truth. And so it robs us of our joy. Mm. But when we separate the reality of what happened from the truth of who we are, can't nothing take your joy. Just got to live in the truth of who you are. And Man, can't nothing take your joy. Yeah. And then you choose to be Even happy. Even if you want to give somebody two middle fingers up sometimes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Success is the best revenge, right? That's it. That's what they say. That's it. Success is the best revenge. <laughs> what is building lasting confidence? I think I'm so confident sometimes it comes across as arrogant. Uh, building lasting confidence. Actually, it's the difference between drive and confidence. Because I discovered that there is a true, I ask a lot of my clients, high achievers, I ask them, are you driven? Are you confident? Mm. And so many of them realize that they were driven, but they weren't confident. And the difference is drive is what gets you there. Confidence is who you are when you show up. Drive is those things that you do that get you to that level of success. Confidence, confidence is that vulnerable strength. Confidence is that thing that makes you know who you are, when you are, what you are, all of those things about you that can't be shaken. So there's so many people, and you you know you sit at the table, and there's somebody who's a high-ranking this, a, you know, they the artist and sold, you know, 10 platinum uh-huh. albums. Yeah. And you sit at the table and like, man, you are insecure, son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, very. The difference between drive and confidence. Yeah, they got the drive to get them there, but once they're there, it's the, just like. And that's what breaks so many. I mean, you know, how many artists have we come across and they are on that stage, they're everything, but you know, as a person, they are broken. Yeah. They ain't got a clue. Not, a, right? not at all. Well, that building lasting confidence is when we're just as committed to building our personal development as we are to our success, our professional development. Because what I tell people all the time, your skill and talent will take you to levels of success that your character can't sustain. Mm. Right? So you got to get that character correct. You got to focus on the character. And so that's what building lasting confidence is about. Mm. It's building that that character that no matter what level of success or no matter what level of brokenness, your character can sustain. How did, how did you uh, get into your mindset that at a successful company like LaFace, I'm going to resign and walk away? <laughs> that had to be tough. Um, I was broken. I was I, I it wasn't a, a decision that I made over time. That one I made like literally remember the ladies night video? Yeah. Little Lisa was my artist. Lisa left out Lopez, God rest her lovely soul. That was my artist. I had TLC. And um 
We went down, it was a video shoot, undirected it. You know, uh-huh. you had Brad, you had Little Kim, it was her song. Yeah. You had Angie Missy, Martinez. you had Angie Martinez. Yeah, Missy Elliott. And man, this video Left this video could have taken a day. It was a three day shoot. It was I mean, my God, it, if it could happen It should have happened oh, in a it day. Was, Oh, my God, yes. This video shoot, you had so much. Half the cameos in the video were not planned. People were flying in because they heard this was the spot to be at. Oh, wow. Yes, Jim Jack. I mean, NBA players were flying in. It was, I can't even tell on the air everything that was going on, right? Right. And I'm sitting here, and me and Jamie Foster Brown, we're sitting. It's 2 in the morning. Two girls are the extras in bikinis. They start fighting. Don't nobody stop them. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do it anymore. I, I cannot do this. And I got up the, for the third day of the shoot, and I told Lisa, I said, Lisa, I'm leaving. I, you good? And she's like, I'm good. And I knew then, because one of the things you didn't do at LaFace is you do not leave your artist. And Lisa's like, Sherry, I'm good. Like, I'm good. And I had Ushers, You Make Me Want a Video was the next day in L.A. The video shoot was in West Palm Beach. So I got on Delta, first class. I'm traveling. I get come to Atlanta, connect. Jermaine Dupree is in the seat behind me. We're flying out for the video. And we're in first class. This is pre-9-11. We land in L.A. When the stewardess, when the flight attendant wakes me up, the entire plane is empty. Empty. So this entire plane has deboarded. Delta, you know how big the flight is. Yeah, everybody's gone. Everybody's gone. They have been trying to wake me up. Could not wake me up. That is how empty I was. Wow. I literally went. I drove to my girlfriend's house. She prayed over me. I got on the red eye. I flew back to Atlanta. I sat in the dark for about four days. And when I, when I figured it all out that this was it, I called L.A. And uh, I, I told him, I, said, I'm, I called him, I called Kenny, and I said, I'm resigning. And L.A. was like, I knew it was coming. I said, now I'm going to get Usher's album straight. Because, you know, we were doing uh-huh. Make Me One. I was like, I'm not right. going to leave the right way. Um, but I realized, but here's what I realized. That, that was a I'm just done moment. Did he tell you why he knew it was coming? Yeah. He, he even, yeah, he, he, we had the conversation. He, I, I'll tell you off air. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. In that moment, I thought that was an immediate reactionary decision. But what I realized years later is that was only one of my dreams. I had accomplished it. Really, that moment was right. the best thing that could have happened to me mm. because that was only one of my dreams. I would have stayed 10 years too long in something I was supposed to complete in three years. And that's why so many people wake up miserable because they're somewhere they were supposed to leave a long time ago, mm. but they don't have the courage to make the change. Mm. Right? right? So people say, oh, I'm miserable in my job. Well, how long? When, when, did, when were you supposed to go out of that? When because did you you've grown it? out of that but you won't go out of that. And so, honestly, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I took 10 months off, and I started my company, Glue, that I had 17 years. Mm-hmm. I would have never done that if I had not reached now, that breaking point. Now, what was Glue point. all about? Glue is a consulting firm, and okay. we did strategic marketing for Converse, TNT, Coca-Cola, NBA, uh, Atlanta Hawks, uh, Nike. Now, were you happy there? I loved Glue. I had Glue 17 years. I did not. Now, that was the second transition. I did not want to close my company. I had it 17 years. I closed it three years ago. Why? To move full-time into what I'm doing now. Okay. It Glue had glue had served its purpose, and it was actually an How opportunity. How do you know when it serves its purpose? It took me three years to accept it. 
and <laughs> it took me three years. Except, so so LaFace was immediate. Right. This, How long were you at LaFace? Uh, three years. Okay. I had glue 17. And what I finally had to accept is that glue was a great opportunity, but it was a distraction from what I was really wanting to do. Okay. That's why I keep asking you, what do you want to do? Right. Because when I finally was honest with myself, I did not, because we pitched, you know, major marketing projects. So I'm in Coke doing big presentations yeah. and I, I did not want to do that anymore. But that's how I made my money. Hmm. So I had to really. And you got kids in school, I got private school. All of that. So I had to really make that like, but what do you want to do? And so it took me three years to finally accept that I, this company that has been what amazing to me. a successful company. Very successful. With employees? I had a team. I had clients. But here's how it all closed out, though. A young lady that started as my assistant at LaFace Records, Tashawn Macon, who is brilliant, who's mm -hmm. went on to get a Ph.D., she's brilliant, um, she took over the book of business that we had. Okay. Yeah. You know, so we still had some some active clients, and she took that book of business. And when I tell you, I never looked back. It was it was finally it had served its purpose. You are but, one courageous lady. But Shirley here, Riley. here here's the three hundred and sixty. Everything I did for seventeen years for everyone else is what I'm doing now for myself. Wow. <laughs> right. Right. So none of it was wasted. But if I had kept serving everyone else, I would have never got to the point where I served my dream. How? Back to controlling my own destiny. But my wasn't was weren't you controlling your own destiny when you had glue? Wasn't that your thing, your baby? To a certain extent, but it served its season. Reason in the season. Huh? It was it was over. It was over. Okay. You, some things you there's trend in transition. There's some things that you take with you, and there's some things you let go. Mm. And and I took from glue the relationships, the integrity, the the access. The knowledge, the experience, and my company is still named Glue. But guess what I don't do? Right. I don't walk in corporations and pitch them for their business. I walk in corporations now and ask them to sponsor my brand. Right. Two different things. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So yeah. it's, so that's why I'm saying with you, you're at that place of it's going to still be all used, but you just got to step away long enough to give yourself the clarity. What is exponential living? Exponential living is a lifestyle of peace clarity and courage i think a lot of us are trying to get to that <laughs> point i think we are always trying to get to a point of exponential living yes clarity is is, is sometimes is everything is sometimes very tough it's very tough is because it's everything mm. and and the reason it's exponential living is because the people that i really talk to already have amazing lives but you know exponential is to the next level yeah right yeah so it's that person who like you, like me, like everyone in this room, like those listening to your podcast who have these amazing lives, but they know something's missing. They know they're in the box. They mm. know they're living that 10%. You, yeah. Yeah. You'd say we only live 10%. Uh, we need to start living 100%. We need to live 100%. Yeah. How do you do that? These nine principles. Follow these nine principles. <laughs> it's get hard, the book. But it's That's how you do it. You get the book. You said with peace comes the courage to say I am enough. When we stop comparing ourselves to others, our true greatness begins to shine. We gain access to our pure and unlimited power, which opens doors to possibilities like never before. A lot of people do that, huh? Yes. Yes. Peace is our power. Yeah. Peace is our power. And for many years, I was told peace wasn't possible. That it was mm. an illusion. 
Really? All those years I told you everybody thought I was over there on an island somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pe- peas? Peas. Oh, peas? Girl, yeah, I'm going to no get this check. What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that back. Right. Got to get that back. Got to get that back. ain't possible. Like, pe- like, literally, like my agents, for the longest time, peace is not possible. Peace is not. How do you have peace in the midst of internet, social media, trauma, everything? This is going on. That's going on. Well, peace is not external. Peace is internal. Mm. Peace is that decision that we make within so that we can have the power without on the outside. And I, I tell people I'm a sports fanatic. When Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, when you look at the best, they're not frazzled and frantic. No, not they're at all. In this, they're, they're in this focused state of intention. What they call a zone. Intention. Right. What they call a zone. Yeah, it, LeBron James. They're in that focused state of intention. They're in that zone. That's the external what peace looks like. That's where your power is. Where your greatness is is in the stillness of that peace, that mm. power. But so many of us are looking for it externally, but it's internal. Mm. It's internal, and that's where our power truly lies. Yeah, and we have to stop looking at people's lives and thinking their lives are so much greater yeah. than ours. And that really kind of fuels social media. Yes. You know, in this day and age, yeah, I, I see some of the weirdest things that I've ever seen in my life. Scary, right? It's very scary. <laughs> yes. Via social media, because we're living our lives thinking someone's life is better than mm-hmm. our lives. To the point where, as human beings, we argue and curse people out for not enjoying the same things that you enjoy. Yeah. Like, you cannot say, nah, this last Beyonce record was whack to me. Right. What? Oh, they gonna come after you. You kidding me? Right. Queen Queen Bay. Queen Bay, what? Queen Bay. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck did Beyonce? I love Beyonce, a hardworking woman that deserves everything that she gets. But when did Beyonce become the fucking queen? Like And why you can't I have your something? opinion? Why can't I not like that record? It just me, I just I I'm not saying that I do because I love Beyonce's music, but it's not all consuming for me. Right. It's not my life. That's her life. Right. Hey. Right. You know, when mm-hmm. when uh, I've seen people in this industry that I respect get caught up in social media so much mm. that on December 4th, we were trying to out Jay-Z each other with the pictures. Yes. On social media. Yes. I just want to say happy birthday to the big homie. And you showing the picture of you and Jay-Z. I just really want to say happy birthday. I didn't put up a fucking picture of Jay-Z. Yep. Because on my birthday, Jay-Z ain't going to put no picture up on me. Now, if I had his I number, so. I would call him and say, yo, happy birthday. I'll put up a picture of Dre the next day because mm-hmm. that's my fucking work husband. We've been married for 30 years, and I'm like, happy birthday, Dr. Dre. That's my man. I know right. Jay, but Jay ain't my man. Jay don't come up. And, and the majority of people who I saw put up a picture of Jay-Z, I've never seen Jay-Z at a barbecue at your house. Right. And I've been to your house. Right. So right. what are you doing it for? Right. We trying to out Jay-Z each other with pictures of how, who knew. I was like, I'm not putting up a picture of Jay-Z. God bless you, but happy birthday. I'll see you. Right. On happy your birthday, birthday, bro. Right. <laughs> but what the hell are we, you know what I mean? What are we doing? Like, I can't, I, I don't understand where our mindsets are anymore. Yeah. Well, you With know, all that matters, we living for likes, and, and, and we don't like ourselves. We don't like ourselves. We don't like. We live ourselves. for likes, and we don't like ourselves. Like too many times, you sit around if there's a right, and I gotta like it. 
And, 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 when I first met yeah. this brilliant producer of mine by mm-hmm. the name of Miss Krista Hayes, Uh-oh, when Kentucky I first met her, she told me if she puts up a picture of herself and it doesn't get more than 30 likes, she takes it down. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh- <laughs> She's not that person anymore. Right. She isn't. She's She realizes now mm-hmm. that she's fucking brilliant. Yes. And and she's a go-getter. Anyone that would be more than lucky to have her work with them in any capacity because she's really the shit. Yes. But we can get caught up yes. in this, this whole social media thing and, and stop liking who we are. We feel like everything that we do, we got to take a picture. If one more person puts up a picture of them in the gym, I'm going to kill them. I don't yeah. give a fuck that you're in the gym. I really don't. Not every day. Not every day. Okay. Right. If you put up a picture of this is I was 220, <laughs> now I'm down to 210. I can take that. Mm. Now I'm down to two. I can take that. Look at me. I'm 185. Nice transformation. I love it. But every day. Every day. I need to know it's leg day. I don't care it's leg day. Tomorrow I'm going on a social media fast. Are I, you? For 21 days. I am not. Other than for the Image Awards. For the okay. Image Awards. That, right? Because okay. that, that makes sense. But but I'm doing it for the reason you're saying. Because I've realized how much it just, like, you know, New Jack City. It's just calling me. Yeah. <laughs> Just, be like this. It's just calling me. Tapping that right. social media vein. Right. And I'm, Damn there, wreck your car I'm on the like, highway, you leave your phone home. Oh, shit. Right. My phone. Right. You my wake phone. Up, you wake up in the middle of the night, like, you know. You, have you ever looked for your phone that's in your hand? It's happened to me before. I, ha- oh, I was like, where's my phone? That ain't just me. Where's my phone? <laughs> that ain't just me. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm stupid. It's I, in my hand. I was going crazy. I have done that. <laughs> You drop it under the seat of the car. You you lose your oh mind. You God. can't you can't go to Publix without the phone. And I'm like, we had a life, Before. Sherry. I'm almost 55 years old. Yes. Thank God. Next month, if I make it, I'm 55. Yeah. My God, I lost so many people. You you, yes. you sit back and you look at it. When the lights came on at Peterson Automotive Museum in L.A., I was sitting next to Biggie. Yeah. Next to him. He looked yeah. at me and said, are you going to Nas's party? I said, yeah. He said, do you want to ride with us? I said, I got a car. Yep. I saw Tupac 15 to 20 minutes before we had a conversation in the Betty Boop bar before he got killed. They never made 30. Yeah. You want to martyr somebody who wants to be alive. Them dudes didn't want to die that early. Right. So me making 55 means something to me. Yes. I'm still here. I'm still standing. God has been amazing to me. I can't live my life that way where every given moment is this damn device. It can't be. Trapped in this box right here, that phone. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm having, my daughter is 11. Like, you know how when we grew up, it was like, you know, you got to teach them how to be wise and take care of mm-hmm. I got to teach her not to get lost in a phone. Yeah. Like, a part of my, like, she's an all-A student, but I have to focus on, baby, it ain't about likes, and it ain't about this phone, and put your, that's a reality that we have now. Somebody walked into my car in New York City on 6th Avenue when I was at Sirius XM. I was making a left, and I made the left, and she kept walking, and she, she right into the side of my car because she was on the phone. Yeah. Head down, walking, boom. Godly. Right into the car. It's, it's, it's like to the point now where a bunch of people, young people, you have an 11-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when my daughter, uh, who's 22 now, was about 16 to 17, Jasmine. She had about eight girlfriends come for a sleepover. When I grew up, 
and we had a sleepover, my mother had to tell us to be quiet. Yes. There was so much noise. There was so much, you're a sucker, you're ugly. Look at your face. Look at that big ass nose you got. And joning on each other yes. and pillow fighting and throwing stuff at each other and spitting spitballs at each other. And it's absolute quiet in her room. Mm-hmm. And I go up and I knock on the door and I look and all of them. On the phone. Are on the phone. Yes. I said, how are you communicating with each other? Yes. And this one is sending this one text messages that she's not sending this one. Yes. And I was like, this is disgusting. Yeah. At Thanksgiving, it's so bad. Yeah. I have to collect phones. Yeah. <laughs> I had to literally with a basket with the kids, put the phone. Okay, take your pictures of the food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, that's my pet peeve. Yours is a gym. Mine is Thanksgiving and taking pictures yeah, yeah, of the food. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. all eating the yeah, same thing. Yeah. I, I, why don't one person? <laughs> I know. And everybody just likes it. Just a chef. <laughs> the whole U.S. just yeah. like it. You, you've written a book, <laughs> Exponential Living 2018. You are nominated for NAACP Image Award. So if Sherry Riley quotes on her page, I am going to take that quote because you are nominated for NAACP Image Award. When the fuck did everybody become a philosopher? Everybody know everything. What's my man name? Rob Thomas? Rob Hill. Rob Hill Sr. Rob Hill Sr. Rob Hill said this about love and marriage. The motherfucker couldn't even get Latoya Luck into the... How are you listening to these people? Right. Who is it? This was the love guru. Was he not the love guru for a hot second? Am I lying? No. Was no. Rob Hill Sr. not super Mr. Know Everything About a Fucking Relationship? For every time a Rob Hill Sr. says, if you love your woman, if you love a woman, you will do anything to be with her. And you, nigga, I got a job. I'm not doing anything to be. And then all of a sudden, him and LaToya looking together, oh, she got Rob Hill Sr. If I'm not mistaken, the dude she just married is not Rob Hill Sr. Okay? Can I tell you something funny? I did a panel. It was a relationship panel. It was a relationship panel. Uh-huh. A relationship panel. Five of us. I was the only one married. <laughs> Don't I, tell me about it. I was like, mm. I'm married. <laughs> got a wife. I go home. I got a, I'm in love with the scarf. You got, when you love a black woman, I'm writing a book. Called, when you love a black woman, you got to love the scarf. Yes. The scarf is part of your life. If you think she's beautiful with the scarf. Then you got a good woman. I love the scarf. (laughs) The key to be successful in a black marriage. Love the bonnet. Love the scarf. Because our sister is going to wear that bonnet and that scarf. You better, if you come in the house, I'm so fucking tired of that scarf. It's not going to work. Love the scarf. I take care of the scarf. Yes. I wash it. I iron it. I fold it. She's like, babe, where's my scarf? I'll be like, and to, to, the break monotony. I have an array of scarves. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm in, if I'm in the, in the, if I'm getting some beard dye or whatever, and I'm in the in the store, I'll be like, oh, look at that scarf, <laughs> and I'll buy it, and I'll take it home, and for Christmas, look at that bag right there. What's that, babe? Gucci scarf. There you go. <laughs> you know, women are they they funny about their scarves too. Yes. So you got to break in. I got to kind of you know challenge her to change the scarf, like because <laughs> that one scarf y'all got, it got so much of your nutrients in it. Yeah. You don't want to get off that scarf at all. So I got to kind of trick you to like, you know what? This scarf right here is crazy. You need to try this scarf. <laughs> so you got to love the scarf. You love the woman. You got to love the scarf. So how are you on a panel? You know, somebody said something, and people took it the wrong way. Mr. Tony Rock. Mm-hmm. Love Tony, love Chris. 
Chris has given me some of the greatest advice about me doing stand-up from anybody that's ever given it to me about finding who I am and finding my voice. Um, and sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah. And it took, I'll see Dave Chappelle has finally found who he is yes. as a comedian. He's he's brilliant. Um, but Tony Rock said, all you women ran out and supported Steve Harvey. And I love Steve. Mm-hmm. No, no shade, no hate. Steve Harvey's act like a man, think like a woman, whatever the fucking name of the book was. And it was the gospel about relationships. He fucked up two marriages. But nobody's listening to D.L. Hughley been married to the same woman for 37 years. Yeah. Why is it D.L. the one that we going to for the advice? And not Steve. Wow. Maybe because they figured, hey, he fucked up twice. He should know something by now. Maybe that's maybe that's the logic, right, Sherry? Maybe Steve, yeah, he didn't been through the ringer twice already. So maybe this third one, he actually know what he talking about. But sustaining a relationship, you need yeah. to talk to D.L. Hughley. Yes. That should be the guy to just be writing a book like How to Stay Together by D.L. Hughley, not fucking Rob Hill Sr. <laughs> the shit he talking about. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to encourage everybody, Sherry, to get Exponential Living. Thank you. Um, I hope you bought me a copy. I did. Thank you. Because yes. right now in my Now, trans- do you like Audible or hard copy? Or the hard copy? I like hard copy. Okay. Well, I, love to, I love to read. Yeah, me too. I love to read. I, gotta, I, gotta, I want to touch gonna it, you, it. Yeah, me too. I'm yeah. going to tell you my, my little secret uh, that uh, people that are close to me know about mm-hmm. my reading. I love hood novels. I can't help. I love, really? I love them shits. Urban, <laughs> urban fiction. I, I read them. I read all of them. Quan is my man. Oh, Al yeah. Sadiq Banks. I love all of them. I love Waheeda Clark. They know me. Yeah. I walk in a bookstore. They have my shit lined up. And they go, I just read the fuck. Them books, them books take me somewhere. Yeah. Like, I put the book down, be wondering, whether, yo, what is what the man happened? doing right now? I be wondering what they doing like they real people. I be into them. Yes. I love them. But please, I I just love. Please give me a copy. I would love to. I'm going to devour this book. And it's perfect timing for you. Yeah, I need it. It's perfect. I need perfect it. I got to tell you, God put you in front of me today. Krista yeah. and, and Kimana facilitated God's work today because mm. I needed to talk to you today. I love it. You put a lot of joy in my heart today, and I thank you for that. Can I tell you that right there? That's what drives me. Thank you. That's what drives. I me. needed. That. That's how I was able to walk away from 17 years. Yeah. That right there. You, you, just, that right you there. just set my ass on a straight path. All right. Yeah. Exponential living. Exponential Peace living. Is the Exponential new living. Here I come, yes. remember? Yes. Peace yeah. is I'm the not, new success. I'm going to concentrate more on what I want to be Yes. than what this job allows me to be. Yes. And nobody's going to paint me in a box anymore. Mm. You no know, more. that's a tweetable right there. Yeah. No more. That's it. No more. I I'm hip hop, but I'm more than that. It's it's about time this world. Because hip hop has evolved. It has evolved. Oh my God. So why won't they let us in hip hop evolve? No, they won't. But and I'm not I'm not having it anymore. You know it's the number one music. Yeah. Oh, it just overtook rock and roll. Yeah. Well, it, it had done that before, but it now then it's it did quantifiable. It again. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's quantifiable. Yeah. Quantifiable. Sound like something somebody somebody else demands. Sound like some shit Trump would say. That (laughs) is quantifiable. (laughs) Okay? It's fake news. We can quantify that. Yes. Is that right? Is that correct? (laughs) And Sarah Huckabee? Yes, Yes. that is correct. That is correct. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Sherry. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Exponential Living, and we're going to pray for you. And we go, no, we were going to speak into existence. I'm going to say congratulations on your NAACP Image Award. Thank you. Because it's going to happen. You. Will you come and sit with me and just 
talk shit sometimes? Yes, I would love to. Can we do that? Because yes. I didn't. I wanted to get into your LaFace career. I wanted to talk yeah. about that. You got stories. I got stories. My audience loves stories. You got Little Usher stories. You yes. got early TLC. You got Pebbles. I bet you got Pebbles stories. You know, I came right at the. I came at the when we were making the the Crazy Sexy Cool album. Oh. So they had, so I was at the okay. end of right. that. But, but I got you, I got Were you still there around almost when the breakup was happening between LA and because I read LA's book. Great LA read. that was oh. a great book. Oh, I couldn't put it down. I, I couldn't either. I read it in three days. Yes. You know, it was like a thousand pages. Like, like right? two days for me. I was like, <laughs> I cannot put this book. My wife was yeah. like, When you go to sleep, I was like, I didn't know this shit. Yeah. This I was relieving right I because was relieving I've been a fan. All. I've been a fan. And this is why I say I hate when people put me in a box because I was a musician before hip hop. I was mm. a trumpet player. Oh yeah, so, yeah, for years. So I was a liner note reader. So oh, the wow. deal, yes. and we played top forty, and and at fifteen years old in clubs that I wasn't even old enough to get in. With my group, I'm standing by a fucking freezer, you know, with a band playing, and the guy's coming to get beer out, and we playing <laughs> top 40 music for people that's dancing. So I'm a liner note reader. Oh. I, I love when albums came out. You just pull it out, and you yes. go, oh. So, you know, I can tell you who reigns this, and the deal yeah. were one of those groups. I knew a lot of people didn't know L.A. was a drummer. I yes. knew that. Yeah. I knew when they picked up Babyface and they didn't want Babyface to sing lead. He was just supposed to be there to play keyboard. Yes. I, I knew the, all of this stuff yes. about it. So when I read his book and he just kind of put everything into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to write a book and really open up and talk about how much of an asshole you were at the yeah. time. And L.A. had some asshole moments. Yeah. He kind of left his baby mother for pebbles. <laughs> he kind of like, get out of here. You know what I mean? That was an asshole moment. <laughs> So he's had them asshole moments, mm-hmm. but God, what a great read. So you have yes. to come back, and we got to talk to the, the, you know what? I think I'm going to bring you and Shanti at the oh same time. Oh, my God. And let's just talk LaFace. Oh, my God. Because, you know, I, I just told her, yes. well, no, she left yesterday. I just told her two days ago. The first, when I came to Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, the first person they told me to go see was Shanti because I came on a Shoe Friday. String. I came on a Friday. They said, go get your credentials. Saturday the next day was the Outcast picnic. So that was my introduction to LaFace. Wow. So, and I have just. I miss those. Why people uh, don't do shit like that no more? That was just the ultimate. The picnics. Oh my God. And it was just. I don't want to go to Rick Ross' pool party. I love Rick Ross, but I don't want to go to your pool party. Oh no, it was just. With naked video bitches with fake asses and you looking at the ass like, ugh. Oh my God. It was such. Outcast picnics and shit. That was the shit. Yes. Oh my God. Talk about fun. Yes. Just fun. That was was crazy. Yes. That was crazy fun. Now everything is. mm, It's so tight. Now everybody just sits around on their phone. Right. Hey, did you get invited to uh, Puffy's uh, New Year's Eve party on (laughs) Star Island? I received the invitation. No, I miss when Puff used to just, like, this is the album release party for Biggie, and this is where it is, and everybody come, and let's just fucking have fun. And and have fun. And nobody was roped off. Yeah, none of that. From anybody. Going to Cancun when Chris Latimer used to do Cancun every year. That was the best. And all the artists are just walking down the street with no security, and one of the funniest moments of my life I'm there, and I'm on your own TV raps, and I'm there, and I <laughs> I love Damon John. I love FUBU. Mm-hmm. But a dude is sitting next to me, and I'm sitting there. This is probably like I've been up all night, and I'm me and my boy Tom, and we straight bottle of privilege Hennessy, and I'm still drinking. <laughs> and Daddy-O's closed about two hours ago, so it's like 6.30 in the morning. We're still drinking. And I see Damon John come out to get his breakfast or whatever, and he had security with him. And a dude that I didn't know tapped me and said, Ed. I said, what's up, bro? 
Nigga, you on TV every day, man. You on TV, man. I done seen your movie, man. You got shit popping. Everybody out here love you, man. And you ain't got no security. This nigga got security. He make T-shirts. I was dying. I said, nah, David's going to want you. Nah, there's a clothing. That nigga make clothes, man. Who the fuck want to mess with him? What, what do you think? Somebody want to fuck with him? Because, what, I'm going to jump him and take a jacket from his ass? I'm like, nah, leave Damon alone. But those uh, back in the days when you got stuff when Malik Sealy was alive and yes. Jay and Dame and Tata yes. and there was no security and Puff is there and he might have one dude with him, but you know, Puff is in Puff mode and yes. and your whole squad is down there, the face squad is down there and everybody's battling for, for position yes. and y'all are just fighting to, to but we put were fighting Atlanta for postcards on the, and, and you were and fighting for respect. That, right. Right. You were fighting right. to put Atlanta. We have oh. to do the LaFace show. You were oh, fighting to put Atlanta on the map because we had shit on lock. Yes. We used to look at LaFace like, man, fuck out of here, though. Oh, my God. Oh, R&B ass niggas. You know, right. L.A. And, J- and Bayface had jerry curls. Yep. When they was in the deal. Them <laughs> yep. niggas wore mascara. Yep. <laughs> we hip-hop niggas. We are Tim's on. We wild. Yeah, you know what I mean. We had, we know, we we love Teddy because Teddy's from Harlem, from Harlem. Teddy Riley, right. the whole New Jack swing shit. He had made his mark in hip hop. L.A. and them, them niggas was R and B niggas, yeah. dogs. We like, you know, suit and tie. And we did have to fight. Fake, fake we, we used to call oh them niggas God. fake jamming. You yep. fake jamming Lewis ass niggas. <laughs> Fuck out of here. You ain't Jimmy yep. jamming. You ain't Terry Lewis nigga. Get out of old two occasion yeah. ass niggas. <laughs> Fuck out of here. They had to fight for their respect. Yes, yes, we did. It was real. Like we would literally. Like to come to New York, oh no, my God. nobody fuck. I fucked no, him. My God. To this was, day, Big Boy and Dre man. tell me thank you so much because I was one of the only ones yep. on radio that fucked with them hard yep. body from day one. I was like, Outcast is dope, and I remember when Jive gave me uh, UGK shit. I was mm-hmm. like, these niggas right here, these are the niggas. I like these niggas. I like UGK from day one. The first yep. record they gave me from from Jive gave me, I was like, yo. This is, they were like, hey, what you think about this? I was like, this shit's about to take over. Let me tell you. Cause what I, I knew yeah. that be right after, let me see, right after, okay, you New York, Delaware, Philly. Right after Baltimore, mm-hmm. nobody talks like us. Right. Baltimore don't even talk like us. So when they find an artist that's not trying to be New York mm-hmm. and just trying to be them, the South is going to take over this whole shit. Mm-hmm. Because more people, even in, more people, even in Chicago, Detroit, they sound more Southern than they right. sound like us. Right. So we had the range. You know, we had DMX. We was, we had Jay. We was a laugh at Cash Money and Master P. Get out of mm-hmm. here. That was, when Cash Money first came out, we was like, all right, get out of here. Let me tell you, when I knew we was breaking through is I was in New York and cars, it was three cars went past me and they were bumping out cash. Yeah. I it was came, over after when that. When I tell you, I came back yeah. in the staff meeting like, yo, it's like, okay. Like, we can, like, we really, because it was a fight. Yeah. And then we was going against Bad Boy at the time as oh, well. So, you crazy. know, it was yeah, just. Puffy, yes. Puffy but when I heard God. them three cars, because no one in New York would claim Outkast. No. But they was riding down the street bumping Outkast in the car. And, you know, nobody drives in New York. Yeah. So that meant you really, 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 this is what you listening to, because you got it playing in your car that you driving in New York. Can we do this, please? Yes. Okay. Sherry Riley, yes. thank you. Exponential Living 2018. Get the book. I appreciate you so much today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's my purpose and my pleasure. Absolutely. Keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at you, with you, to you. And about that, ask next podcast. Be good if you can't be good. Be careful. 
Can be careful. Get the book Exponential Living, and you'll be doing a lot better like <laughs> I'm about to be, okay? Till the next time we ride together, slide together, laugh out loud together. Ed Lover, Baby Bucket, and Kimana saying God bless each and every one of y'all. Thank y'all for tuning us in and not tuning us out. We always give you the good shit, not the bullshit. Right here on the Come On Son podcast with me, Ed Lover. Come on, son. Fuck out of here with that bullshit. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out CigarsInternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.